This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. The Spartan Race is coming back to the Malaya Desert. It is happening tomorrow from 8:30 p.m. It's one of the hardest obstacle races in the world. It's absolutely incredible and. Uh, if you are going to be taking part, you're going to want to hear this because we are about to speak to the founder of the Spartan Race himself. Joe Decina is going to be joining us here on Life Beats live on the line next. That's coming up on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life beats. Life beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. There are going to be people this Valentine's Day weekend who are just going to take it easy and be chilling. Well, not the ones out in the Maliha Desert who are going to be participating in the Spartan race, which is back once again to Sharjah and on the line. We have with us none other than the founder of the Spartan race himself, Joe Decina. Welcome, Joe. Thanks for having me. This is going to be an exciting weekend. I was just out at the course. It's unbelievable. Oh my gosh. Well, welcome to the UAE first of all. This is your first time out here. First time and uh, I might not leave. I like it. <laughs> Amazing. Um so th- this is incredible. You have uh you created Spartan Race. You actually used to be somebody who um worked on Wall Street, but then you started running these events. Tell us about how the Spartan Race started and why uh 45 47 years ago whatever it was my mother found yoga meditation she became a vegan and she introduced me to a race in new york that's a 3100 mile foot race and it's around a one mile loop and very few participants participate less than 10 participate each year but they go for 60 days 50 to 60 days around a one mile loop and the conversation, when, when my mother would show this to my sister and I, the conversation was about this Spartan ethos, this Spartan philosophy, this ability to push beyond your limits, to build resiliency and grit within yourself so that when life's obstacles faced you, whatever they were, you'd be more able to tackle them. So anyway, fast forward in my life, and I was on Wall Street, like you said, and I just wanted to go back to that place that my mother preached, right? This, I wanted to be a Spartan. I didn't want to sit at a desk all day just typing away. I wanted to do something purposeful, change lives, get people in a big way uh, healthy, um, not just healthy, um, uh, physic, you know, mentally healthy, physically healthy, eating right, exercising. And so Spartan was born. And it's been uh, an 18-year overnight success. <laughs> I mean, we just worked our butts off over the last 18 years, and it's caught on fire in a good way. It's in 41 countries, 275 events, uh, 100,000 kids participate every year, which is exciting, over 1.2 million adults, and uh, our goal is to change 100 million lives, so that's what we're doing. 100 million lives. That's a, a, a very ambitious goal, um, to say the least. But, you know, that whole Spartan mentality that you talked about there, that your mother kind of uh, got you into, do you feel like we need this today more than ever with uh, people being at their desk jobs more than ever, people being on social media and 
um, moving less and less. How do you think this can really change us? So I think, you know, if we were uh, talking, you and I, 300 years ago, I would say we probably don't need this as much. But I think you're absolutely right. I think today, sorry, there's, um, I think that was a camel that just walked by. Um, <laughs> there was, there's, um, Welcome to the desert, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but today, in, certainly in advanced societies like uh, Dubai and Japan and the U.S. And, and Chadja, yeah. Yeah, that it's first world, and, and we've got all these quote-unquote advancements uh, like social media and handheld devices and even indoor plumbing, right? all this stuff. Um, the pendulum has swung too far. We're too soft. We're too coddled. We basically um, are learning helplessness um, because we don't have to, we don't even have to read maps anymore. I mean, just go down the list of things we don't have to do, food is delivered. Movies. Remember, we used to have to actually travel to a movie. Right. And, and buy a ticket and popcorn. And now you lay naked in your bed and just push a button and you see you see the movie. Uh, you don't have to do anything. So so um, we need uh, to get out of our comfort zones. We need some cold showers. We need some burpees. We need to sweat. We need to breathe heavy. Um, because the numbers show that when you don't do that, uh, let's talk about physicality first, you get unhealthy, you get diabetes, you get overweight, you don't feel good. And, and you know, these conversations forget to bring up that the brain sits inside the body. So when the body is not being worked the way it's supposed to work, well, then you don't feel great. And then before you know it, uh, you're going to see a doctor, and the doctor is prescribing some drugs. And, it, it, you know, it's a terrible downward spiral. Mm. So um, you really could fix everything. And I say this half-jokingly. You could fix everything with some burpees. <laughs> you have been known to say that your if your dream would come true, everybody would be in bed by 8, up by 5, doing burpees with no junk food being sold. Yeah, I mean, my, my dream would be I, I would um, I would eliminate all the processed foods, the, the sugar, the cigarettes, all these things. The, even the liquor, I'm not a big fan of, of, there's no need for it. Like, when you're taking care of this wonderful machine, your body, and, look, you wouldn't put orange juice in a Ferrari, mm. right? You wouldn't put, um, you wouldn't take care of an automobile that way. You, you, you wouldn't even feed your pet some of the food that we eat. It's, you it's hideous. Your, you don't, yeah. Right, you don't you don't give your pet a uh, chocolate cake, so so um, that's the problem. We're we're uh, we're not taking care of this wonderful machine, and then it weighs, you know it affects our minds and and affects our relationships. Right, when you're not feeling great, you're not have you're you're not engaged in a great relationship, and yeah. so so I I my dream would be cut all this stuff out because um, human beings are we're all weak. And so if the cake is right in front of us and the cookies in front of us and the soda and all this stuff is in front of us, we, we eat it, we consume it. Um, and I would mandate workouts. I mean, it's not, it's not a crazy idea that everybody should have some sort of rite of passage um, once in their life. You know, one year, go, go train out in the desert. Go, go do something hard. Because when you do that, by the way, it also builds empathy. You start to appreciate what other people go through. Right? You'll, you'll, Absolutely. 
And I, I want to come back in just a moment to, with you, Joe. Stay with me on the line. We're going to be talking about uh, the Spartan race coming back to the Middle East, to the Maleha Desert, why you've decided to bring it back to Sharjah now, uh, and as well as how it's changed the lives of those participants, because this is now uh, going to be something that kids can be part of all the way to the beyond 60-year-olds. So it's an incredibly exciting race. This is coming back this weekend, tomorrow, in fact. We're talking to Joe Decina. He is the founder of the Spartan Race. More next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Yeah, we're continuing the conversation with Joe Decina, the founder of the Spartan Race, uh, the worldwide uh, obstacle race. How many countries is it in now, Joe? 42 countries. Incredible. Unbelievable. It is here. Uh, the Spartan Arabia race is back in the Maleha Desert here in Sharjah, which is incredible. Um, there's actually been new age and race categories that have been introduced this year so take us through the different race categories that we can expect well you could have a sprint which is three plus miles you could have a super which is eight plus miles and then a beast which is 13 plus miles and um the reason we do that habits don't change with just one event Mm. you know we found that uh, lots of people join the gym they don't go to the gym lots of people uh, sign up for a new diet they don't follow it but when you sign up for a race no matter what that race is you're going to start going to bed earlier. You're going to wake up early. You're going to put down the extra drinks. You're going to stop eating the desserts. And then we found that if we give people three events in a year, they are 90% more likely to change their habits. So what happens is people will migrate. They'll do the three-miler, and they'll train a little harder, go to bed a little earlier, eat a little less junk food, do the eight-miler, and then they do the 13-mile beast, and, and we got a new person. And so our goal is to do that with 100 million people. That's unbelievable. You've got categories now um, that include those as young as 14 years old and the over 60s can even uh, be part of it as well because you've got four new age categories. We do. We have um, moms and military and monks and big, uh, fat, small, skinny kids, 14-year-olds. You name it, they're coming out and it feels really good feels really good no matter what size and shape or age you are. Because that's mean, the thing. I mean, I'm, you know, there, there are some of us, we have to be honest, our producer here, Arwad, um, said, I didn't even know what a burpee was. I had to Google it just now when Joe mentioned it. Um, so, you know, you've got all kinds of people and some of us, you know, may look at this kind of thing and go, I don't know that this kind of thing is for me. It's for everybody. I mean, this the, the Spartan philosophy mentality of take, taking care of yourself, this has been around for 2,600 years. And when we see the movie 300 about the Spartans or we hear about somebody or look at somebody that's physically fit, male or female, we, we get excited. We're attracted to that. So, so saying, I don't know if this is for me, is like saying, I don't know if I want to take care of myself. Mm. Right? Th- this, the thing is, look, it's great if you go for a run. Uh, it's great if you go for a swim. But this is like the entire body and mind. This is climbing ropes, crawling on a barbell. This, this changes your life from, from your fingernails to your eyeballs. Um, and so this is, uh, if anybody is sitting out there listening to this and saying, I don't know if this is for me, um, 
they need it. They need it more than we think. They got to come out and do this. Do it. Just get into it. There's yeah. all kinds of categories. Um, tell us about the different locations that you choose for the Spartan race all over the world. What do you look for? Well, you want to find uh, beautiful terrain because that's inspiring. This morning when I was out at our location for this uh, weekend, I'm looking at these uh, desert mountains and dunes, and it's like so inspiring. Like, not only did we lose touch with our health and wellness and our minds, we've lost touch with the environment, right? We don't, we, we, we sit in carpeted rooms in front of a computer. We don't go out and, and interact with the earth like we used to, or, or even our friends. And so we choose locations that are just so beautiful uh, in a perfect world that that alone is inspiring, right? And then you get 8,000 people out there and you're meeting new people, and you're in this amazing terrain with these amazing views. It feels like you're a, you're a movie star in a movie. It is, right? It's a, yeah. just incredible. The Maleha Desert is incredibly beautiful and a perfect backdrop to this. Uh, but in terms of the obstacles and how you create them, uh, tell us a bit more about that. Well, the idea was every obstacle we would create had to be athletic in nature. We weren't going to do anything silly, and we wanted people to get proficient at those obstacles so they would train for them. So if you uh, miss an obstacle or skip an obstacle, you're going to do 30 burpees. And what we found that happened oh. around yeah, what we found <laughs> happened around the world is all of a sudden people started training to learn how to throw a spear again because for you know, a million years we, we threw spears uh, on this planet um, to learn how to climb a wall again, which we should all be able to do and know how to do, to, to be able to climb a rope, to crawl, right? We should all be able to crawl, run, climb, jump. And, um, and so we, we, we put an assortment together of about 30 to 40 obstacles. And depending on the location and the race distance, we spread those obstacles out in a way that um, is different each time so that you're not expecting when you come around a turn or go up a hill, you're not expecting that obstacle. And we're, we're basically building obstacle immunity. We're getting you really good at dealing with uh, obstacles so that in life, God forbid, uh, somebody gets sick or something happens, uh, it's no big deal. You brush it off. You're saying to yourself, well, uh, no big deal that the Wi-Fi is not working on the airplane. At least I'm not crawling under barbed wire right now. <laughs> well, exactly. Uh, it makes you thankful for that, that's for sure. Um, I want to get your advice for the race. We're expecting about 2,500 race goers uh, yep. this weekend, tomorrow. Uh, in the Malaya Desert, but uh, your advice for those who are doing the race, how to crush it? Well, it's all uh, one foot in front of the other. We've all heard that cliche before, but I've done uh, thousands, tens of thousands of miles of, of events myself, and um, I've done a lot of meetings with Olympians and ex-Olympians and psychologists, and at the end of the day, um, we all need little small wins, just little small wins, and so Although at the starting line it can seem daunting at how big this task is in front of you, um, just make it to the first obstacle. And then from the first obstacle, just make it to the second obstacle. And just make it to the third obstacle. And those small wins, uh, which you can apply to your own life, get you to the finish line. Um, I've run, I ran 300 miles straight once. I wanted to see could I do it. And it was daunting and it was hard. But I said I just got to make it to the next mile. And the next mile after that, and the next mile after that. And I think, I think when anybody out there listening thinks to moments in their life when they face something tough, 
Uh, that's how you get through it. You push, push to that next little win. Just visualize that next win and just go through it. Um, uh, something else uh, we want to ask you, uh, we're curious. Do you have a guilty pleasure? You talk about living super healthy. Uh, is there a guilty pleasure for uh, Joe Decina? There is. Um, my wife, my kids, um, I love hanging out with them. I do slip a French fry here and there without salt. <laughs> um, I'm working on that uh, addiction. Um I think that's the I think that's the big one. I, I got to avoid the French fries, and it's hard. I have four children, and uh, invariably French fries end up on their plate somehow, and then I'm I'm within grabbing distance. I tell <laughs> I you, it's work. impossible. If you're yeah. a parent, you know you know what it's like. It really is impossible. Uh, yeah. It will just happen. But are they like you? So have you taught them that whole Spartan mindset of uh, you know getting them to be resilient like that and just pushing through any ob- obstacle? You guys have um, a social media. I don't know if you have any social media within from, from your, your station. And the reason I ask is this past weekend, I took my, uh, my two boys. I have four children. My wife and I have four children and two boys, two girls. And we took the two boys in the snow in Vermont, and I gave them kettlebells. Uh, one was a 25-pound, kettlebell, a 12-kilo kettlebell and a 20-kilo kettlebell. And... Um, they carried these kettlebells to the top of the mountain. Uh, it was about an hour and a half in the snow. And I didn't know if they were going to kill me at the end or scream or cry or what. But my oldest son sat down and he said, you know, Dad used to push us really hard. Now we push ourselves. And so, you know, we train every morning as a family. Um, my oldest son, when he was eight years old, ran the Boston Marathon. His little brother ran the New York Marathon at seven. Uh, their sister ran um, a 13-mile Spartan race when she was six to try to one-up the boys. And so this has just absolutely become part of our life. But what's important that you hear when I say this is th- those aren't even a major accomplishment. There are many kids in the not-so-advanced uh, world, in, in countries where uh, not everything is at their fingertips, that walk 12 miles to school. So like. A lot of people hear that and say, that's ridiculous, this is, you know, Joe's crazy, but, but like, no, actually, I'm trying to reverse the negative trend of what used to be normal for a child. That's incredible. That is unbelievable. Um, how old are they? How old are your kids? 13, 11, 10, and 6. That's incredible. And they are, so it's really about instilling that into your kids. Yeah, that's incredible. It's absolutely um it's, it, what you have to do, I was recently with a Spartan professor at Cambridge University in the UK. There are Spartan professors? There are Spartan professors. There's only a few of them in the world. And they've dedicated their lives to studying Sparta. Wow. And I said, in, in ancient Sparta, what were some of the principles? Like, what were the things they absolutely lived by and that we could learn from them? And the first thing was structure. And I said, explain that. And they said, this body, this human body, this thing we have... This structure has to be taken care of first and foremost, because if you take care of that, everything else becomes easier and more efficient. And so that's what we talked about earlier. I said, what was the second thing? It's not just about fitness. It was music. It was dancing. It was math. It was poetry. So it was a very holistic approach to the body. What was the third thing? He said, they set themselves up in an environment to make it easier for that to happen. So they tried to surround themselves with people that were like-minded. They put themselves in a place where this just happened every day. And so when you ask about the family, like, we just made a part of our day, 5.45 a.m., 
since they were four years old, they have to wake up with us and they train every day, seven days a week. They have to do their math every day, seven days a week. They have to do their Mandarin because we're teaching them Mandarin. And so you just make it non-negotiable. This is what we do. It's like brushing your teeth. Uh, because otherwise, you're wasting all those years. Like when they finally become 18 and they, their eyes open and they're actually connected to the world, they're just going to have all these, these wonderful gifts. That's incredible. That's just amazing. We just got an insight into your day. So they train before they go to school? Every day before they go to, before they eat breakfast. What, for an hour or? For an hour, yeah. That's incredible. That is unbelievable. We're so looking forward to the Spartan race. It is happening tomorrow, which is why, you know, you, that final point, which is why it's so important to be part of a team as well, training together and competing together, right? You need accountability partners. And um, look, we are all an average of our five best friends. So if you're hanging out with people that are smoking and drinking and, and watching football uh, every night, that's what you're going to be doing 20 years from now. So you have to surround yourself with people that are doing things that you aspire to do. You hang out with Olympians to get to that level. So, so you know, by the way, if you can't find friends, I have six million of them that are looking to meet you. So just come, come visit us. Be part of it. That is incredible. Joe, uh, what an absolute pleasure it is to speak to you uh, and to welcome you to the UAE and to welcome you to Sharjah. Uh, fantastic stuff. We cannot wait for the race tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be incredible. Thank you so much. We're going to have a blast. I'll see you out there. Yes, absolutely. Joe DeSena, the founder of the Global Spartan Races. Amazing conversation there. More to come on Life Beats after this. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.